Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Today, I just want to hit three things that just on my heart as a pastor, I've seen too many people get sabotaged in their growth because of these things. And, you know, the... Jesus said in John 15 that he's love. He's love. And when love gets in your world, when you're not working for love, see, the spirit of the world is you got to earn love. You've got to work for love and acceptance. But Jesus comes in and says, no, I'm going to teach you how to work from love and acceptance. And that's how he meets us. But there are certain things that I see get in, in Christians sometimes that I'm gonna term as love blockers. Love blockers. They actually make it very hard to be loved. That's the title of my message, Love Blockers. Nice, there we go. Uh, I wanna start with Matthew 22, 37 through 39. So Jesus get asked, what's the greatest commandment of all? He said to them, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now check this out. And the second. So he didn't just leave it at that. It amazes me how many Christians will get burned by humans that are fallible and not perfect. If you're looking for a perfect church, you didn't find it. Like not, not, we're all in process here, right? And if there was a perfect church, the second me or you walked in, it would lose its perfection. <laughs> so... That's not a realistic expectation, but, but it shocks me how Christians will get burned by somebody in process, somebody trying to grow, somebody working it out, and then their reaction is, well, I'll love God, but I'm not going to do the second part. But Jesus was very specific. He was asked, what's most important? So he didn't leave it out. You can't fully be activated as what God intended you if you're a lone wolf. Christianity is not a lone wolf thing. It's not a one-man sport. It's never, I mean, even God tried it one time. He made Adam. And he looked down and he's like, it's not good that man's alone. This is bad. And if anybody's ever seen a bachelor pad, you get it, right? Like, <laughs> I remember my first house, I moved out with three of my buddies. You know, you got to do dishes like all the time. Yeah. Or they just, they don't just magically disappear. And then they get flies, start laying eggs in the sink. And it's true. Right, babe? We were dating at that time. It was, it was bad. It was bad. I knew it was bad when I'm like, I'm the cleanest person in this group. And a cleaning's not my forte. So, so God looked down at the first bachelor and said, mm, that's not going to work. <laughs> they need, this garden's not looking so pretty. We need women. <laughs> but anyways, going back to this, the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Why, why I want to get into this is that love blockers dismantle this verse, dismantle this verse. And, you know, we have to partner with the Holy Spirit to have freedom to be loved. You know, the enemy, if he can get your love, if, if he can get you to shut down love, 
and he's tricky how he does it. If he can get you to shut down, and usually what he'll do is he'll get you to shut down out of protection. You'll go in a crisis, you'll go in a situation, trauma comes into our life, and so we don't feel the pain. We put a wall up and say, I'm gonna block this so I don't feel pain. Problem is, is that if you can't feel pain, you also can't feel love. And so many Christians get stuck on having what the Bible refers to as strongholds in our life. Areas where, hey, last time I let somebody in here, I got hurt, so I shut the door. But when I shut the door, all of a sudden there's a part of me that can't feel love anymore. I was trying to avoid pain as a coping mechanism. And don't get me wrong, God's good. In the midst of tough things, we can have this circuit where we can, you know, accelerate and get out of there. Dr. Brian talked about this on Sunday. There's crisis times, but we weren't meant to live in crisis. We were meant to live in peace, in joy, in love, in happiness, self-control. We were meant to live there, but if the devil can get us stuck there, if he can get us stuck in crisis mode, stuck in abandonment, stuck in, in different issues, he knows he can block the love. And it's really hard to love others as you love yourself if you don't feel loved. And eventually, if it's gone undone, eventually that'll trickle in and you will even look to God and say, God, I don't feel like you love me. But if we go back and we let the Holy Spirit in, there's always, there's love blockers. Because God is love and his love is all consuming. The only place we can't feel his love is the place we've said, I don't want to feel here. Does that make sense? Because wherever he's invited in, this is the amazing thing. When Jesus shows up, one of my favorite stories of the Bible is when Jesus interrupts a funeral and he can't help himself. He's just, he's walking into town and here you go. We've got all the people dressed in black. They've got the coffin coming out and everybody's mourning and doing the thing. And Jesus can't help himself. He's like, all right, I'm gonna mess this thing up. And he ruins a perfectly good funeral by walking up and saying, Boom, be healed. That kid gets up, ruins a perfectly, that's who he is. Wherever he's allowed in, he brings life. He brings life. And so we don't wanna have the blocks up in our heart because it sabotages. And all the things I'm about to talk about, there's three things, then we're gonna pray these things off. They're self-fulfilling prophecies in the sense that when they get set up as a stronghold in your heart, the reaction people give you from that validates the very thing. It's like the movie Austin Powers. You guys remember the fat character? It's a bad word, so I'm not gonna say his name, but, but he says, I eat because I'm unhappy, and I'm unhappy because I eat. That's how, this, that's how dysfunction works. It's secular. The thing that causes the pain causes you then to feel worse, which then leads you right back to the thing that you're using to numb the pain, and you get in this circle, and God wants to break the cycles of love blockers out of our life. So what does it look like? What does it look like? First one I want to talk about. Rejection is the repellent to safe relationships. Love blocker number one, rejection. Listen, all of us are going to have a moment where we get offended or rejected. That just, that's life. Somebody doesn't invite you to something. Somebody accidentally forgets. You know, somebody does something that hurts you. That is inevitable. So I don't have a 10-step process to never feel rejection. That's not possible. That's not possible. It will happen. Just so you know, 99.999% of the time when someone rejects you, it's them, not you. Initially. 
Initially, 99.9% of the time, when someone for no reason, no validation, just out of the blue, sends rejection your way, almost always, that's a them thing. But then we let it become an us thing. We go from being rejected to becoming rejection. We become, we get what the Bible refers to as a spirit of rejection on you. And here's the problem. Once that gets in your heart, you begin to repel good, safe people. You do. You'll attract other people. You'll attract super codependent people, super broken people, because they'll feel like, okay, I'm safe with them because they're as messed up as me. Let's come over here. And you wonder why, you know, single people in the room, why you've had the same girlfriend three times in a row, different girls, but the same thing. Anybody? Amen. You know, I remember when I first started dating my beautiful wife, that was the first girlfriend. I'm like, you're not like the other ones. This is good. It was, it was, it's very true. It's very true. And her health caused me to realize I need to be healthy because I had had, anyways, one of the exes might listen to the podcast. You're all good. Bless you. Uh, (laughs) Rejection is the repellent to safe relationships. What does this look like? When a person has a spirit of rejection on them, uh, friends who would be safe, friends who you could grow deeper in a relationship with, they'll begin to see you as not safe because the neediness is felt. The neediness is felt. You, because healthy relationships step into, you, you know how to feed yourself in the Lord. You, you are building that person that God made you to be. And so you're operating out of the overflow. You come into relationships ready to give. And by reciprocation, you're a very giving, you bring to give, all of a sudden other giving people are like, I like hanging out with that person because I do that for people. They do that for me. This feels healthy. I'm gonna, I wanna be their friend because I, they bring something to the table. But when we have rejection in our heart, even when we don't intend to it, because rejection is like a bucket that you just drilled a hole through the bottom. No matter how much somebody encourages you, no matter how much somebody speaks life into you, until you fix that hole, you're gonna leave the house and you're gonna get like to your car and you're gonna be like, they hate me. I just, this is the first time I've hung out in weeks. You get what I'm saying? It's like, you just got done getting the thing you need, but that bucket's so leaky. By the time you got to the car, you're not satisfied. And it, and it, and it, it begins to subconsciously repel people, right? And I, I see this happen for too many people. And, and look, I'm not undermining the thing that the rejection you went through that caused that to get on you, but for our own health, for your own good, You want to let the Holy Spirit into that area and clean out the rejection. Well, my dad didn't ever told me I love you. I get that. So read every Bible verse and meditate on how much God loves you because your father in heaven does love you and his word has power. You know, oh, you don't understand. You know, I, my best friend stabbed me in the back three years ago. That's terrible. I'm not diminishing that, but but could it be that God actually is protecting you because if that's in that person, if you can get healthy, if you can say, you know, I was, I was at that place, but I'm not gonna let them hold me down. I'm not gonna let them define who I am. I am a child of God. I am loved by God. I'm not rejected. Uh, heaven was bankrupt for me to be able to get in. That's how much I'm loved. You begin to remove rejection. Watch what happens. Dysfunctional, unhealthy people don't know what to do with you. 
and all of a sudden, they'll start disappearing out of your life, and healthy, safe people will begin to come into your life. How do you know if you're struggling with rejection? Just a few things I've seen. Uh, you crave constant attention. You're not okay unless somebody's validating you. Um, you feel the need to validate yourself when you share. Oh, I, I'm allowed to share here because I've done X, Y, Z, Z, Z. You know what I mean? And it, you'll begin to, you'll see proving, or I like to call it peacocking. You ever seen a male peacock? They just all of a sudden, for no reason, feathers. <laughs> you just walk in, they just look, feathers. It's like you gotta, you gotta, you know, you're out there doing your little, your little mating dance and just trying to prove that if you feel, if you don't feel like you've been invited to the table, but you have to earn the position at the table, then, then let the Holy Spirit get in. That's a sign, right? Just, just take inventory. Do you feel the need to validate yourself in conversation when you're just sharing? Because you'll find that very confident people usually are not talking about their highlight reel when they start a conversation. In fact, if anything, they're usually a little more like, like downplay their highlight reel. They're confident people are usually more prone to be like, you know how bad I've messed up in the past? Or they'll share the failures, not just the successes. If sharing your failures causes a massive anxiety in you, now I'm not talking about overshare, inappropriate time. Hi, I just met. Hi, I'm an addict. You know, like, like I'm not... Don't take this so extreme that you have to always flaunt. People do go extreme the other way. But at the same time, if, you're if somebody is struggling or saying, man, I'm so confused about this, or they're sharing their heart, and you are the one who's like, oh, time to tell you how many Christian books I've read, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the download I got, and I'm gonna show you all my fanciness. And they're like, dude, I'm just looking for a healthy person that I can decompress with. But, but you seem to have made this decompression session about proving to me how great you are. So guess what? The person that needed a, a friend to decompress, they're gonna go over here and decompress, right? So just, just pay attention to that. Am I, do I always have to have the answer? Not, if you have the answer, it's not bad, but also you should ask, do, do you want me to share this? Because un, unsolicited advice is always perceived as abuse, Say that again, unsolicited advice is always perceived as abuse. If they're not asking you, it's probably not. Anyways, that's for somebody. If you're, the, if you're the parking lot evangelist that chases people out and has to tell them, hey, I saw the way you were talking to your kid on there, and I just want to tell you, you didn't do it right. You're welcome. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Come on. How do you heal from rejection? Get some I am statements. Listen, those re that rejection came from words, came from a lack of words. It came from something. Somebody either said you were something or didn't say you were something they should have said. So what do you gotta do to counteract that? The Bible says to meditate on the word. Meditate literally means chew on it. Think about it. When God says you're the head, not the tail, is that just, woo, flies right over your head or is that going into your head, banging around like my wife did in her last message and getting into your heart? Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Greatest analogy ever. But get the word of God there to counteract the lie. Under rejection is always a lie. Yeah. 
always a lie. Uh, you, you got invited to this party, but this is the last party you're gonna get invited to unless you show up and show off, right? So anyways, also another way to heal it, giving words of encouragement. I'm telling you, rejection and releasing encouragement do not live together. You wanna create an ecosystem? You know, me and my wife, we have the garden. Come back to this. And uh, we, we always talk about a greenhouse because we're from San Diego originally and we're like, man, I miss avocados and lemons. There's certain things that can't grow in the ecosystem here. Now there's other things that are awesome here, but the point is they don't, they don't coexist. And when you're able to be an encourager, it, you cannot release, when you're in rejection, you can't release encouragement. They don't, they don't really, co- you can release flattery. Flattery. You say something nice, but d- behind it is, I'm saying something nice to you. You better say something nice to me because I don't feel loved, you know? And so we got a genuine encouragement. Become the greatest encourager. Find the I am statements in the Bible and repeat them. All right, point number two, love blocker. Poverty, there's never enough to go around. We'll talk, you'll hear this church word from time to time, poverty mindset. Poverty mindset, what does that mean? And it's not just talking about money. Although money usually really helps you gauge where your heart is. Because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So if you're unable to be obedient in giving, most likely there'll be some poverty mindset behind that. See, poverty mindset is, is always a win-lose situation. If I thrive, someone else has to lose. If I do well, someone else has to lose. That might be true on a football field or a basketball team, but that's not true in the kingdom of God. You're allowed to flourish. And actually, the more people that flourish, it causes more flourishing around. That's a really good point. Thank you for the five of you that are getting that. I'll say it again. In God's kingdom, there is no lack. There is no lack. God has never ran a P&L and went, oh, dang it. I'm gonna have to lay off third of the angels. That's not how it happened, okay? He didn't lay them off. There wasn't a crisis in heaven. Some pride, some pride got in there. That's what happened. But God's never had a day like that. He's never had a day where he couldn't run the numbers, where he couldn't do it. And I'm telling you, blessing releases blessing. If you own a business and your business explodes, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna hire some people, okay? And you know, you're probably gonna go scout out the Pathfinders crew because you're like, those are some efficient people. I'm into them. I would like, it would be amazing if I could get them on my team. But somebody's gonna get blessed on the tail end of your blessing. And poverty mindset, it goes beyond just money. If you have a poverty mindset that you can, oh, like, we can only have so many friends. I've actually seen this. Friends get territorial. They're like, you're friends with someone else? What, they can't be friends with you and uh, friends with them? See, but a poverty mindset, oh, there's only so much friendship to go around here. Oh, there's so, you know, those of you who go to the 11, that's why I want to encourage you to start going to the 8, 30, or 12 when we do it, because the 10's going to be packed, right? Because you don't want to get a poverty mindset. There's no chairs in the world, right? Okay, that flopped. I was just trying to hit you. <laughs> if you've ever been to our 11 o'clock service, you could think there's a lack of chairs in the world, but if you come to the 9, it's the blessed service. There are great chairs everywhere. There we go. Landed the plane a little better. Can you guys cut that out of the podcast? Or can you dub in some laughter? Because I really... That one I really thought was going to land. Dang. Tired. 
You guys are catching up. Poverty, there's never enough. People can't share their dreams with you. This one's a hidden one. Don't use the excuse, I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real to be the pooper on people's dreams. The party pooper. You know, you ever met that person? You're like, man, I'm thinking about, I'm gonna have a drink real quick. I'll drink to that. That person, you're like, man, I got this great idea. I think I'm gonna launch this business or man, I'm gonna step into this new job. And they don't even realize they're doing it. But the first thing they say is like, oh, I knew a guy that had that job. He's dead. Like, <laughs> it's an exaggeration, but, but there are people like that. You're like, man, you know, man, I can't believe how big my tax return was. Well, they took the money from you in the first place. Dang it, man. Like, can I just enjoy, you know? But when we have a poverty mindset, dreamers bug you. They'll bug you. And you don't realize you're doing it, but subconsciously, you're not a safe person to share dreams with. Because your first gut level is to say, well, where could that go wrong? But what, what does the Bible say? It says you should live by sight and not by faith. Is that right? No, thank you. I know, I said it wrong. It says we live by faith, not by sight. If you're really good at seeing problems, you ain't helping anybody. Nobody's giving out a Nobel Prize. Nobody's giving out a Nobel Prize for finding problems. I've discovered this disease. Great. Can you fix it? Can you heal it? The same is true with the poverty mindset. We always see, we always go to the why we can't, why we shouldn't, why there's not enough, why that's too risky. And God doesn't want you to be stuck in that. It's not just about being stingy with money. Okay? So how do we deal with it? How do we deal with it? Start dreaming again. We have a vision Sunday every January. And most people are used to you come to church and we share our vision, which we share our vision about what God's doing in our church, but we pretty much do that all the time. But Vision Sunday is not about my vision. It's about what's your vision? What are you partnering with the Lord and believing for, believing that I'm gonna be blessed to be a blessing, that I'm the head, not the tail? What promises are you taking in and getting a vision for? It's time to dream again. You're like, well, I feel ridiculous dreaming again. Or I tried that one time and it didn't work. So you could just stay stuck being somebody that no one wants to share their dreams with because you have a lack mentality. Or you can begin to once again, meditate on the promises of God. Ask, is there any obedience attached to that promise? This is the problem. Sometimes people are like, I don't understand. I read in the Bible that this would happen. And it's like, yeah. But there's a part in it where he says, do this, then that happens, right? <laughs> Honor your father and mother, you'll have a long life. They, you have to actually do the first part. You can't just say, I have a mom and dad, long life, you know? Like, <laughs> no, you have to work that out. There's an obedience attached to the promise, right? I know, it's super popular preaching right now. <laughs> There's never enough to go around. How do you break that? Start dreaming again. And then this one, this is what the Bible says. The world of generous gets larger and larger. You gotta break the back. I loved Eric's message and I loved the honesty. At one point he just said, you know what, enough's enough. I'm gonna be a giver. But the Bible has all kinds of promises attached to generosity brings that increase. If you're like, man, I, I, you, know, you have that poverty mindset, you know how you get out of it in the kingdom? You begin to be a generous person. 
Just any opportunity. You're at coffee with someone, be the first one to buy coffees. Just, you know, be, be good at sneaking the card at the restaurant. I like to consider myself a card ninja. I'll go up to the waiter before we've even sat down and I'll ask who's gonna be on the waiter. I'll be like, anyone else gives you a card? They won't tip you, only me, okay? <laughs> like, I, I, I go crazy, I'll go gangster on it. Do I need to do that? Listen, I never ask myself when I go to dinner with someone, which one of us makes more money? Wow. Never think about that. I'm not sewing in because, oh, well, I make more money than him, so that's me. No, no, no. In fact, you make more money than me, I'm gonna double down and try to beat you to it, okay? Like, it's not about, yeah, you guys get it. So be a giver. Finally, this is really important. If you have a poverty mindset, you're critical and a dream killer. Don't talk. Just don't, just take a break, get a few scriptures in your head, and when people tell you bold, audacious things and you have this like, I have to tell them, I have to, I have to remind them of the dangers and the potholes. Just don't talk. Maybe repeat over and over your head. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians. Repeat 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Walk by faith and not by sight. Just be very careful not to be a faith killer in people. Okay? And, and I truly mean it. We are to grab out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you can actually pinpoint, hmm, I tend to be quote unquote a little critical or a little bit of a, let me point out the problems with your idea. If you know that that's your nature. Now listen, God gave some people a very acute eye. Engineers, I want my engineer to have a critical mind to go, I don't think that bridge is gonna work. I want him to use it there, Right? I just don't want that engineer to take that home and I'm like, man, I had this dream, God showed me, this is gonna happen. He goes, well, statistically. <laughs> now, be a faith person, get some word. And uh, you're like, well, is this in the Bible? Like, is that advice in the Bible? Yes. In fact, an angel used it. When he came to John the Baptist's parents and dad started piping off, he said, shh, you're not allowed to talk for the next nine months. Because you... you you're gonna ruin this thing with your words. You're gonna kill this dream. You're gonna remind your wife she's too old to have a baby, that she's been barren her whole life. You're gonna pipe off and you're gonna steal the seed of God that has put in there. So sometimes the best thing a Christian can do if, as they're processing is don't talk. Just don't talk. If it's not your area of strength. And get around other dreamers. Get around other dreamers. Do what I said in the first thing. Be a person that brings value. Don't try to get, but just come and try to add value. And just listen to dreamers. Listen for a while. Just, you know, and just have like a, a yeah, like resist it. Just be like, yeah, Philippians says, I can do all things Christ, give me strength. And then just walk away. Don't say anything else. All right, there you go. That's it. Make it simple. Faith is a muscle. Faith is a muscle. Okay, and, and the more you work that thing, the more you get so that's why I say, get, get a one go-to scripture. Block yourself from saying negative. Look, negative happens by default. So you bringing it up doesn't change it either way. If, it's gonna, if someone's gonna go sour, that's gonna happen. But maybe God's waiting for you to take his word and breathe a little bit of life on your dreams and someone else's dreams. All right, point number three. And we can bring the keys up here. Love can't reach what's hidden. Love can't reach what's hidden. 
And obviously this relates to like big things like hidden sin, hidden issues, you know, hidden pain. But it, I, I wanna take a step back. Those are important to get unhidden. But I see sometimes people that it's not this big glaring thing, but they just have this hesitation on being fully who they are. And, 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 it, and it causes dysfunction and, and it, it actually limits the connection you can have when you hide. Sometimes I see people hide because they're almost embarrassed of their blessing or they're embarrassed like how good things have gotten in their life because they came from a past of so much brokenness and dis. I see it with families a lot. You're getting, you're getting healed up in a good house of God. You're, you're beginning to see God's healing and touch in your life. And all of a sudden you don't know how to talk to your family anymore because you're worried you're gonna make them feel, come on, am I the only one that's preaching? But has anyone ever had that where you almost hide from family because God's done a thing, but they're not there with you? But God didn't call his children to hide. He said you overcome by the power of the blood and the word of your testimony. Listen, you, you don't have to be up in front of 500 people sharing your testimony. That might not be, you know, some people that would literally cause a heart attack to do that every week. But that doesn't advocate you from still being one of his kids and sharing your testimony. God just might use you as a sniper. He'll use you for that one-on-one, that person. But we don't wanna hide what God's doing, what he's done. It looks like this, hesitation. You wanna say something, you're like in a circle and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a story that this applies to. I wanna, but you don't. Say, well, who am I to talk in this circle? Uh, What I'm gonna say doesn't really matter. This one I see too. Every time I share, I get misunderstood. And so because of fear of being misunderstood in the past, we either hide or sometimes hiding looks like, yeah, you'll talk, but you have to precursor it with so much kind of fluff. Well, I kind of feel, I think, I'm sort of, you know what I'm talking about? God's like, no, hey, I gave you a voice and I want want you to share. You say, well, I'm not perfect yet. None of us are. Actually, sometimes when people share and it doesn't come out perfect, I feel a lot more connected to them. You know, like, like I would love it if, I'm gonna pick on somebody in here, but yeah, I would just, I would love it if Blake is given a God story and messes up the Bible verse and messes something up because he's so freaking handsome. At least I'm like, well, at least he's like me. And he, he, you know, like people love that. People love authentic. They like, I like quirky. Be you. God made you. And here's the truth. Whatever's hidden can't get healed So the things God wants to iron out, he needs you to be willing to not be a hider, but to just begin to put it out there. And then he can actually, hey, let me fix this, tweak this, you know, like he can do his work. But when we hide, we hesitate, it causes this internal, almost torment. Because there's a part of you that can't be loved because it can't be shared. If there's a part of you that you feel like you have to hide, that part has no access to the light. God's the light and God's the love. And so that part begins to fester and you feel unloved. You don't know why. Well, it's because there's a part of you that you consider unlovable. Does that make sense? 
I wanted to break, I wanted to go after those three things because they sabotage the plan. And sometimes they're glaring, but sometimes they're so minute. So I want us all just to stand up for a minute. There is no dysfunction, trauma, or hurt in your life that Jesus can't heal. I asked the band to do that last song that we did, Every Victory is Yours, because that's where I want to land the plane. Victory is available to you in the Lord. You do not have to settle. You don't have to settle with being a person that hides. You do not have to settle with feeling like you're rejected. You don't have to settle with those things. God doesn't want you to settle there. He wants you to step out and step in to what he has for you. I'm telling you, he didn't make a mistake. He didn't make a mistake. Some people, they've just felt very alone or not worthy, not adequate. And I just felt the Holy Spirit want to break that off in any area. Can I just tell you that when you're fully allowing Jesus and everything, there's not a circle on earth that you can't walk into and know that you could bring value and that you, your, your opinion's important, you know? There's not a circle in the world. That's what God wants to get you to. So I'm gonna have everybody bow their head and close their eyes. I wanna do a corporate prayer. And look, when, when we do this, this is never a time where you wanna be like, ah, oh, what do people think? I would say 99% of us, if we take inventory, one of these three things, there could be little bit that's creeping up. But if you know that, hey, I, I have been struggling, first I wanna start with just rejection. I have felt rejection as of late or my whole life. And I just can't remember a time where I really felt fully loved for who I am and, and all that. I just wanna release the power of God over you and pray for you. And so heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, if you just need to say, God, I'm done with rejection. I can't fix it on my own, but I wanna open the door for you to come in and take this away. If that's you, just put your hand there. I'm gonna pray over you. Lots of hands. Lots of hands. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I break the chains of a spirit of rejection holding these people down. I break the chains right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus has called you loved. He has called you accepted. He has called you his adored one. He has called you his son. He has called you his daughter. You are not rejected. God, we cancel the words that were said and we cancel the lack of words that should have been said right now. We know that our heavenly father loves us. He's for us, that our heavenly father is with us, that the Holy Spirit lives in us. He's chosen to make us his temple, us his home. And so right now we break rejection off of people. We forgive those who we rejected. I'm telling you, part of the way you get that is if you can think of a person that caused that rejection, you release and you forgive and you give, you give them to God. It's not saying nothing will happen. It's just saying, God, vengeance is yours. I give them to you. Right now, we break rejection off of people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, next one. Poverty mindset. Same thing. 
This is between you and God. Head down, eyes closed. If you've, if you've been struggling, just say, man, I, I, I tend to see the lack. I tend to not believe that God would really bless me. If that's you, I want you to put your hand there. I want to pray for you. God, thank you for all these hands. We break that poverty mindset right now. You do not have lack and you do not cause lack. That's not in your nature. God, when you step into a situation, there is blessing, there is fruitfulness, and there is multiplication. So right now we break the back of fear that of lack. Lord, we break the back of criticism, Lord. And we just say, God, we are, we are gonna be obedient and watch you bless. We accept that right now in the name of Jesus. You died so we could receive your reward and trade our messed up so we don't pray based off of our merit. We pray off of what you did on that cross and what you've done for us in Jesus' name, amen. And the last one here. If you struggle with hiding, hiding, feel like you've got to keep this area of your life hidden. Right now, I want to pray for you. Just put your hand in the air. If you're struggling with feeling like you hide, come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we break right now that fear. We break that feeling that we will be misrepresented, misunderstood, that we can't receive grace and mercy. God, we break that off of people's life. We break that feeling that our blessing will make other people feel not blessed. And so we're afraid to share what you've done in our life. God, we break that off. God, I just declare right now that as we step in, for those of us hiding in a secret sin, hiding in something that we know we shouldn't be in, God, may we have the courage to come up on the altar, get some prayer, know that we're not rejected, that your mercy's new every morning, and that with you, we can be free of that and we will not live in shame. God, we break that hiding. Lord, I pray for confidence and courage. Right now, if your hand's up, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you with courage. It's one of the fruits that when he comes on people, they get bold and courageous. So God's gonna make you bold and courageous. You're not gonna be silent, you're gonna share. God, we declare courage coming on your people right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give God a clap and thank him for what he's doing. Don't let the devil block your love. Be a love dealer. Like be people that people at church are trying to find you in an alley because they know you got the hookup. They're like, I, I know you're packing that love. I know you're packing that because you're working from the overflow. You can only deal what you have, right? And if it was illegal, if it was illegal to carry love, then you make sure you're going away for life. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The worship team's gonna sing another song. Our ministry team's gonna come up here in a second. If any of these things you say, you know what? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving here until I deal because I'm not letting anything rob me of the love that God has for me and the love that people have for you. It's time, people. If you're afraid of people, get in a connect group, get on a team, let people love you. They won't be perfect, but we've got enough healthy leaders at this church that you will find that if you'll be willing to step into it, God will bring love through people too. We're the bride of Christ. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, 
For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.